Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Two easy ways to do that, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet to us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition. Again, tw- on Twitter, SF Diocese, use the hashtag Ignition. Hi, Father. Hey. You're sounding I, very clear, Father. I'm, uh, I am I ran this morning, so You're I don't right. have any nasal congestion. Father is, we're, um, uh, we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we are, we're always trying to improve Ignition. So if you have any thoughts on how to improve Ignition that don't involve replacing the co-hosts <laughs> or the, either of us. <laughs> Any other ideas? We're, we're we'd happy to entertain them. One thing that we're we're trying to do is, um, if at all possible, we're actually we're, we're making it this way um, to to record in studios because Father and I we play off of each other and our and our. Uh, uh, go ahead, Father. You well, I was just say saying something. we play off each other. If you look at me and allow me to say something. <laughs> So exciting that sort of thing. We're by the we've we've recorded by phone in the past, and and we've we improved the audio in some ways. But I, I think we're hoping that this way we can, you know, when we we can wave gesticulate wildly. Hey, over here! Throw something. Um, so so that's one thing we're trying to do. But again, seriously, if you, if you do have thoughts on on something you like, constructive us, criticism, constructive criticism, perfect. Um, we <laughs> are we are more than than open to uh, to hearing constructive criticism. Again, the email address is Father Dickinson at no no. <laughs> the email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Don't mock me. Oh, there will be mocking. Oh no, there, no, will, there will not be mocking. Um, so, what we're going to do today in, in this episode of Ignition, we want to continue. We have several. Father and I have uh, at least two occasional series uh, that we do um, uh, as, as part of Ignition. Um, one of them is on what it means to be human, and the other is uh, one that we're going to continue today, and that is looking at various uh, books, letters, texts from from the Bible, and just sort of offering an introduction to them. Text messages from the Bible. Text the Bible in 160 Bible. characters or less. <laughs> Some, no, no, that's another story. Um, so what we're going to do today is offer, we, we've, we've done Matthew and Mark uh, in past episodes. So the next one, Father. Would be Luke. Yes, it would be. Can I just, can, can, can I roll it back for a second just on the text Please. thing? I'm just kind of running my head about the, there, there's a whole generation that has no clue that the word text actually might just mean the text of a, Yes. of a piece of a piece That's of literature yeah. their first thought for text their number one definition of text is a simple mail protocol email yeah communication protocol yeah. that generally sending things from, through the air through the air from your cell phone or computer um yeah so anyway sorry but luke. we're not talking about those sorts of luke. texts luke we're talking about the gospel according to saint luke today uh so we'll just sort of give you an overview of it uh, some things that maybe uh you you've heard before or know like for instance who the author is um, but then maybe it's some, luke <laughs> saint we'll, luke we'll talk about that saint luke um uh, but then also talked about things like the structure of it and some of the themes that are in there and hopefully give you a, a bit more insight to to the, this 
text of the Bible than you may be used to. Text. So, uh, yeah, author Luke. So, uh, <laughs> who's Luke? Don't go any. I'm going to forbid Star Wars references. No Star Wars references. I am so disappointed right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I, I, like, like you're going to pay attention to me anyway. If that's I all, that's all I prepared. Yeah. With Star Wars references. And so uh, I've got, I even had our producer like cue up some sound effects. That would have been awesome if yeah. you actually did. But he's over there reading or sleeping. I'm not sure which. I can't tell. The snoring, so. I think it's sleeping. Um, so who was St. Luke? Well, St. Luke was obviously an early Christian living within uh, the first generation of believers after uh, the ascension, after Pentecost, after the resurrection. He, uh, St. Luke, is, we, uh, we believe he's a physician. Right. Yeah. Uh, and apparently he loves cows. <laughs> okay. Father Dickinson, in case you've never listened before, is known for like completely off the wall references that you, what? Like if, if we were, if this, if this were a vodcast video cast, <laughs> you'd see me like the, the furrowed brow, like, what are you talking about? But I think I know. What you're talking about? Well, just that uh, he symbolized uh, like the iconography of the gospel authors. Uh, Matthew symbolized with a human, uh, Saint Mark with a lion, and Saint Luke with a cow. We'll save the other for a different episode yep. of Ignition. But Saint Luke with a well, not just a cow, maybe a bull with the horns. And uh, but part of that I do like the physician and uh, the different ministries of Saint Luke from that. And and in case because I hadn't realized this until we were prepping the episode. Um, yeah, how do we know he was a physician? Well, because somebody else tells us that. Uh, St. Paul, in, in his letter to the Colossians 4.14, refers to Luke, the beloved physician. I know we're going to get the St. Oh. Paul connection, but it, it is it wasn't just one of these things we pull out of the air. Okay, we didn't just make it up. No. Yeah, because he seemed to have some knowledge yeah. of the <laughs> he human He must be a doctor. Because, be a doctor. Because, of course, people who know something. Or he stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. Again, not making the connection. Timeless, timeless, uh, timeless ignition here. This one's going to echo through the ages. Yes. Long after Holiday Inn Express is gone. Uh, but you're saying he knew St. Paul? Yeah, uh, apparently, or at least St. Paul knew him. <laughs> yeah, so they, they were, and, and I'm going to let you know, say more about this, but um, the, for a time at least, Luke um, journeyed with St. Paul. So Acts of the Apostles, which is a record, well, no, not, not now, no longer as we're recording this. During the Easter season, we read through, especially in the daily masses, um, mass readings, Acts of the Apostles and hearing all about Paul's missionary journeys. Uh, it was Luke who, for many of them, traveled. So we read in Acts of the Apostles, which is sort of the second volume, actually, of Luke's writings, the, right. the sequel to the gospel. Um, he is narrated because he was with Paul, at least uh, at a certain point joined Paul. And and journeyed with him to to well we don't know yeah but it's so he got a lot of his insight and everything else from Paul we also know that he had must have had some connection with the Blessed Virgin Mary because he has a lot of the accounts of the Nativity and so right. he probably had a lot of connections with her uh, the Annunciation is that I mean it was as far as we know it was Mary and Gabriel how do we know that it happened what Mary told because Mary Luke right. Um, yeah, which sort of uh, relates, uh, well, does it relate to, tightly, but I was thinking of the Acts of the Apostles reference to the date of composition, yeah, and yeah. we don't need to spend a lot of time with this. But uh, I think it's an interesting point that an argument that Luke was probably written uh, prior to the six, early 60s uh, because St. Paul was martyred uh, in Rome around 62, 64 AD, and Acts of the Apostles doesn't narrate 
that 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 event, the martyrdom. So therefore, Acts must have written before sixty-two, and therefore the Gospel must have written been been written before sixty-two. That sounds like a pretty good uh, uh, date framing uh, to me in that way. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you think if uh, because especially because the Acts of the Apostles ends as Paul leaves for Rome. Uh, that'd be quite the cliffhanger if right. he knew who <laughs> that <laughs> Paul happens? had already been martyred. Right. But uh, if he didn't know, well, then it's then it's the natural end of the story. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Father, as, as you well know, dating of biblical texts, especially the New Testament, is there's all sorts of arguments and opinions and so on and so forth, and all forth. sorts of ideologies behind many of those. Opinions. Exactly. So this, I mean, if if, if somehow it were definitively proven that Luke was written in eighty eighty, um, again, I don't think that's the case, but that wouldn't make it make an iota of difference to my faith in the gospels and inspired texts. No. Yeah. No. So, so, so just briefly again on David composition, probably before the mid sixties AD, but, but uh, really I think something more interesting to discuss father, um, who did Luke have in mind as he was writing this text? Well, he, he dedicates the text to a character with the name of Theophilus, right. which uh, a Greek name, uh, we can break it down to being a lover of God someone who loves God. And so uh, we could wonder whether there's an actual person named Theophilus that he's writing to very well could be, maybe a patron, maybe uh, someone who's asked him some things. Maybe, maybe he wrote in that one as a testimony to this one person, and then it became uh, spread out to so many others. Right. Or it could be, uh, if you will, um, I don't know what the literary term for this w- uh, would be, but someone who uh, uh, serves as a representative uh, for all others. Right. So to anyone who would call themselves Theophilus, uh, you, Dr. Bergwald, are a Theophilus. I am a Theophilus. I think our producer might be a Theophilus. I think we all love God, and so we'd want to know these things. Right, right. So so real person or just, yeah, a, uh, a, a literary creation for the sake of the message. Either way, uh, it's addressed to Theophilus. Right, so that's the explicit audience, the implicit audience, uh, who, what sort of people is he actually writing for? We can tell that from looking at the style of writing, uh, uh, the way that he writes. And so we're pretty sure he's writing for a, uh, a Gentile audience uh, and probably a mostly Gentile audience because he's often explaining Jewish right. things right. Uh, to the readers. And so if he's writing to uh, Jews who had become Christians or Jews who wanted to become Christians, he wouldn't have to explain as many of the Jewish things. They'd be like, uh, I know this already. Yep. Especially when you think about uh, how uh, important it is, uh, paper was, how rare paper was, uh, how rare uh, it was to have those things in it, so how concise you probably had to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, that thing we take for granted. I'll just get an eight and a, half, a ream, a ream of paper. Well, I mean, my yeah. goodness, that you couldn't do that then. I think also too, uh, it's worth noting compared to uh, Mark and Matthew, um, Luke will oftentimes episodes that the three of them. Uh, all relate. Luke will sometimes omit the Semitic word hmm. and give the Greek equivalent. Just give the Greek equivalent without saying like, like well, Matthew will say, um, we use the word Cephas, which yep. means and Peter yep. interchangeably. And, so, or Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Yeah, so Luke doesn't say that. No, he doesn't. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that. So Jesus, the words of Jesus hanging on, as he's hanging on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One of his uh, seven last words, yep. yes. Now, uh, having said that, it's it's also possible that, that Luke did have at times, um, it, it's possible he had uh, Jewish Christians in mind because he often does allude to Old Testament references. So for a purely Gentile audience, that would make 
no sense. I mean, why refer to the Old Testament uh, as extensively as he does? And also, uh, although it refers to the Old Testament, it does also point to the Jewish target. He has his own genealogy. Matthew starts out with a genealogy. Luke's yeah. genealogy is in the, the third chapter, the end of the third chapter, and it's a reverse genealogy, whereas Matthew starts with Abraham, goes to Jesus. Uh, Luke's genealogy starts with Jesus and then goes back uh, all the way to Adam. Adam. Right. 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 So to point uh, uh, Jesus' connection with all the nations, not just the Jewish nation. Right, right. Now, do you think, you know, in terms of Luke himself probably being a Gentile, but do you, I, I don't know that we know that. Do you, do you know? I, I'm not sure. No, that, 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 I, I think that, we're getting confused with Timothy. Oh. I think we're getting confused with Timothy. Okay. Another one of uh, St. Paul's disciples, yep. St. Timothy, who St. Paul wrote two letters to, getting yep. maybe him confused. We yep. know Timothy was uh, yep. a convert. So. Yeah. So, so uh, anything else about audience, Father? No. Mind? Okay. So uh, we'll briefly dis- discuss, or I think maybe even set forth the structure. And as if you've if you've listened to our episodes on Matthew and Mark, um, again, th- there are no there are no well chapter headings, let alone structural headings uh, written by Luke. So this is just the, the 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 consensus or the thought of of various scholars looking at and just trying to analyze the gospel texts. Um, so I, th- I don't know, maybe just briefly touch on some things like as we're going through. Luke begins with the prologue, for instance, addressing to Theophilus. And I, I do think it's worth noting there that he talks about he, how he's, he's taken efforts to invest Excuse me. Investigate what, hap- what what he's detailing here. So it's not just I'm making this stuff up. He's this is the fruit of research, right? And also the fact that he's writing it down in an orderly fashion. So these are things that he's talked about before, discussed before, put down before, but now he's just bringing it up in an orderly way. Right. Right. Um, so there's that brief prologue, and then we have the infancy narrative. So that's where we get the the announcement of the birth of Zechariah, uh, the birth of Zechariah, the birth of John the Baptist to Zechariah. Um, we have the the annunciation, the visitation, uh, the birth of John the Baptist, the birth of Jesus, and the finding of Jesus in the temple. Anything to comment on? Do you think at this? No, point? maybe we we'll just go over the structure briefly. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, we've got Jesus's preparations for ministry, um, and then his Galilean ministry. Uh, Galilee is the northern part of uh, the Holy Land and north of Jerusalem, where Jesus was born around Nazareth. Yep, and it's and it's it, if if you look at a, a Bible map, you'll see Galilee um, between Galilee and Jerusalem is Samaria. Right. So we hear about the Samaritans, especially mm-hmm. in Luke's gospel. Yep. Jesus would have had to travel through Samaria. Uh, to get from to Galilee down to Jerusalem, and speaking of Jerusalem, um, the the fifth part of this in the structure is his journey to Jerusalem. So this is something um, some of the Gospels we'll talk about later. Jesus goes to Jerusalem three times, but in Luke, like Mark and Matthew, just once. Just once, and it's a very specific movement yep. in Luke's Gospel that really marks a turning point. Right, right. Gospel. When he he sets his face towards Jerusalem, his journey towards that, and then we have, as is often the, the case in the other Gospels, the bulk or a large chunk of Luke's Gospel is devoted to the Passion Week narratives, uh, and then follow the final part, seven parts in this scheme, um, the the resurrection and the ascension. Uh, so that's again just a a, a brief structure, uh, but maybe we'll spend a little bit more time, Father, uh, the rest of the podcast, talking about some of the themes of of Luke's Gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you want to start? The first on the list. <laughs> what list? No, we're just making this up as we go. Pay oh, no attention oh, to the list behind the curtain. <laughs> so you earlier referred to the genealogy. Right. Uh, and, and and how, whereas <laughs> Matthew's begins with Abraham, 
right. um, looks because of Jesus goes back beyond Abraham to, to Adam. Adam. So Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, uh, Adam, the father of all peoples. Right. Exactly. So there is. So there is. No. Of course, Luke relates that that uh, Jesus spends the Galilee ministry, Jerusalem ministry. So there is the reality, focusing, um, referring to what actually happened, that Jesus began his ministry and focused his ministry mm-hmm. on the Jews. Right. Um, and so the, the the first theme is the the message of salvation for the people of Israel, and, and the fulfillment. Because uh, Luke does touch quite a bit on uh, Jesus, the fulfillment of uh, the various prophecies right. and the fulfillment of things. So thinking, uh, fast-forwarding in the Gospel of Luke to 24 and the famous Road to Emmaus account. Right. Uh, but just in there, he w- he's very careful to have Jesus explain, uh, to record that Jesus explained to these two disciples everything that referred to him in uh, the Law and the Prophets. Right, right. And also part of that, too, uh, uh, the successor of King David, and and mm. he who has fulfilled the promises for the new David, right. um, and also interestingly, uh, there's a lot of times a lot of references to Israel, uh, not just to Judah but to all of Israel, because again historically by the time of Jesus, ten of the twelve tribes had been scattered to the winds. Right. So some reference to the restoration of the people of Israel, which Jesus is fulfilling um, in His way. Anything else, Father, with this? Just how Jesus came. Um, with the message of salvation for Israel in Luke. No, we, we could also say that, though, just very strongly in Mary. Sure. Uh, Mary as the perfect daughter of Israel, the true and faithful Israel, and her obedience and her willingness to, uh, to, to, um, to say yes to the Father's plan, to say yes to the Father's will. Uh, so Mary representing all of Israel in that way. Right, right, right. Um, of course, then, though, and this is where the, the allusion we were making to the genealogy, um, the broader scope of Jesus's mission, the universal message of salvation for all people. Jesus, yes, is the Jewish Messiah. He is the successor of King David who came to fulfill and did fulfill all of the Old Testament promises. But within that, the Old Testament promises that he will be a blessing following Abraham to all the nations um, and that he came to save all peoples, not just the peoples of Israel. Uh, so, so w- with that that idea of the universal message of salvation, um, Luke definitely references the fact that that Jesus, and we see this, I think, in particular in the um, the one of the early episodes where Jesus uh, with Simeon mm. and Mary and Joseph, right. when Jesus is is, is an infant, um, that that Jesus is a light to the nations. Right, and we also see that um, too with the story of uh, the Good Samaritan. Right, bringing in yep. a kind of non-Jewish uh, ethos in that way, and I mean, even just in the fact that it's addressed to a Greek listener, Theophilus. I mean, that is not a Jewish name. Right, right, yeah, exactly. You're right for, from the get-go who, who it's addressed to, and then finally, I think uh, one of the in terms of the the message of salvation in a particular way for the lowly, and and mm-hmm. we we talked. Uh, you mentioned earlier with the Jewish connection, um, the focus on Mary, but then also Mary as a woman. Uh, women figure prominently in Luke's gospel, right. and they were lowly in oh, terms of social status. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, women and children were viewed uh, in the to the ancient Greek world, the ancient Roman world, as very uh, uh, with very uh, much the same as property was viewed. Right, right, right. And the other thing too, um, when they bring Jesus, the presentation of Jesus in the temple, the offering of two turtle doves. 
of the poverty of the Holy Family. Exactly. So right. so Jesus came for the poor, for the marginalized, for the distressed, and so on. Right. So with the, with the offer of the two turtle doves, and according to the law of Moses, uh, the firstborn uh, would offer— uh, w- when you had a firstborn, you had to offer a redemption sacrifice because of Exodus, right? Exodus. Right. And the Because Exodus from Egypt and the firstborn of the Egyptians were killed— Okay, I was looking for help. On I'm, that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to. I, that was unfair. But I'm like, I don't understand ex, what is Exodus. But I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. In the Book of Exodus. Yes, okay. I know. Doctor Bergwald once again, listeners, doesn't know the Bible. <laughs> Fancy degrees. Uh, but anyways, and so, but if you're poor, you could offer two turtle right. doves. And so, the Holy Family by offering the two pigeons, the two turtle doves shows their poverty. Exactly. And Jesus was born into poverty. And you also think about that too. Then the uh, infancy narratives where they have all these addresses of uh, Evangelion, we'll talk about that a little more in the moment, and this uh, uh, the language of the powers of their days. But here we find that the powers of our days are being expressed to this lowly, poor uh, exactly. uh, yes. uh, t- preacher, uh, teacher, and God in the flesh in this backwater country. And the just re- shepherds, the angels to the shepherds. Shepherds, shepherds were yeah. Lowest of the low. Exactly. Yeah. So dirty sheep <laughs> so the idea of freedom though flows to the next theme it does and so the idea of um of of salvation for the lowly goes into jesus own preaching of jubilee which is another jewish uh notion so the idea of jubilee uh comes in his uh, announcement of the gospel in nazareth in the synagogue of nazareth yep. uh back in uh luke chapter four uh luke chapter four verses uh, 16 and following and so there, as he's preaching in Nazareth, um, he, he reads this uh, reading from the, uh, from the prophet Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Now, with that proclamation, he's talking there about an Isaiah, who is, the prophet Isaiah is quoting, he's talking about this idea of jubilee. Right. That in the law of Moses, there is this notion, of course, of every six, every seventh day you had the Sabbath, Sabbath, right? And the Sabbath was a day of rest, yep. a day to render to God what He is owed uh, in uh, worship, and also to uh, to rest. That man was not made simply for labor, but to be with God. Well, in the notion of Sabbath, you would have a jubilee that every um, seven sets of seven years you would have. Uh, a jubilee every 50th year would be this year of great jubilee in which uh, liberty uh, captives would be released. Uh, Jews who had been enslaved would be released by their fellow uh, Jews. If land had been received, ancestral land that belonged to your ancestral tribe, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, had to be returned to you at the end of that time. Right. And financial compensations made this whole idea of giving everything a rest in that sense. Um, and so you think about the plight of the poor. Uh, and, and whether the materially poor, the spiritually poor, now Jesus is talking about his coming to, to bring relief from that. And the, the reality, so that, that shows how, you know, one of the, the raps against Christianity, pie in the sky when you die. Well, certainly the hope for eternal reward is definitely part of Christianity, but there's also the belief, the acknowledgement that, that salvation begins here and now. Yeah. And so I begin to experience the fruit of the gospel, um, the effects of the gospel in my life. spread the fruit of the gospel. Now. Yeah. Not just when I die. Right. Uh, and that 
I think, and that's good news. Yeah, exactly. Which takes us to the next point. So the the, the, the English word gospel, which comes from the uh, Greek word euangelion, uh, and we were talking about this last week. I was struck. I, it just had occurred to me. Yeah, euangelion. That might sound so or in English. Um, it might be euangelion. Angel is in there. The word angel, an angel is a messenger. The angels are spirits, but they're messengers right. from God. The name means messenger. It means messenger. So euangelion, you is the Greek prefix that means good. So good message, hence good news. Right. Uh, yeah. Bing, as you said. Yeah, cool. Well, I, I never thought about it in that way before, too, so it was a great connection. Yeah. Let me make fun of you. Don't let, don't let me mock you. <laughs> Until later on. In. Yeah. Um, so the but, in, in Luke's gospel. Right, but euangelion is not a Christian original word. It's not a Jewish right. original word. It's a pagan yes. word tied into the pagan Roman Empire. Exactly. That whenever you had any announcement for the emperor, so the emperor has decreed that uh, all of your farms will be taxed more. Evangelion, <laughs> right? That this is good news. Or the emperor has decreed that he will draft uh, your uh, healthy young men uh, into service. Evangelion. Yep. So a a reframing, a, a turning on the turning on its head, that term. Right. Right, so transforming it, and and we've talked about gospel, the good news before. We'll talk it about another time. Um, you want to skip down, maybe to our final skip down, oh. indicating that we're looking at <laughs> a document. <laughs> I, I was saying skip that part, but oh dang it! All right, let's skip right. to this part though. Then, since we already just wasted thirty minutes, we just did. So, uh, Father, something I was struck by is the fact that there are there are in liturgy of the hours something that you pray every day as a priest. Um, there, there, and that anyone could pray. There are there's a lot of Luke in liturgy of the hours, right? So, uh, because Luke has a lot of singing, <laughs> he does. I mean, Luke Luke, has, Luke is the uh, uh, perfect pitch perfect of uh, gospels and. So, Wow. So he has these these songs, the Song of Mary, the Magnificat. The we, we these titles come from the first Latin word of the text, right? Magnificat, Benedictus, Nunc Dimittis. Uh, we also use uh, the the Song of the Angels, the Gloria, in right. uh, Sunday masses and solemn feasts. Yep. And so, uh, because Luke does have a lot of singing, it's actually kind of a cool point that at least for the Magnificat and the Benedictus. There's a lot of references back to Old Testament songs. Right, right. Right, so songs from uh, Samuel, uh, for Second Samuel, uh, being referenced, especially by the Magnificat in that way. Yeah. Uh, but it, so liturgy does use these things because there are songs of our salvation, songs of our faith, sung by the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Magnificat in uh, Luke chapter 1, the Benedictus sung by Zechariah. These are, his, these are Zechariah's first words after nine months of not speaking. Exactly. Because he didn't believe that uh, his wife Elizabeth would bear John the Baptist, right? Um, and then the Nunc Dimittis, uh, Lord, now you let your servant go in peace, which we sing at night, uh, which was uh, sung by Simeon uh, when he beheld the uh, Christ child uh, uh, and knew of the hope coming to uh, all of Israel and all the world. So we, this is Luke's song throughout the day, throughout really. the day, multiple yeah. times a day. So just, again, just a taste of Luke's gospel um, in this episode. Uh, there's all sorts of excellent resources. Um, the show notes in our online archive will give you more information. But that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us, sfdiocese, hashtag ignition, with any questions or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.